0: Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Fight Sight Boxing Podcast. I'm Lukash and um, yeah, today for the first time in 2022 we're going to talk about a fight. There was a bit more that happened this weekend, there were the the 10 rounders on ESPN I believe it was, but um, I didn't watch those, they weren't worth title fights and I'll get around to them if I have anything. to say, I'll say it on Twitter, I suppose. But I uh, know what I'm going to talk about today is obviously there was a title fight that happened. there was Alunga uh, Makabu who was um, seeking to keep his place in the Canelo sweepstakes in uh, defence of his cruiserweight title against Tobiso Makunu. In case anyone wonders um, about the pronunciation there, um, I've seen their name pronounced Machunu and Makunu, but um, if you if you find a fight on YouTube, there's some of his older fights as well. The South African commentators seem to pronounce it Makuno. and that's what the commentators on the stream this weekend were using as well. And so that's what I'm going to roll with. In any case, this was a fight that uh, was made needlessly difficult to see because it was promoted by Don King. So in you know in America it was a what was it fifty dollars pay per view, which I don't suspect too many people bothered with. Um, yeah I didn't watch it on the night I found it on YouTube afterwards um, which you know if you're interested it's up there in any case it was both it wasn't a barn burning fight but it was it was interesting stuff happened um, it's controversial because you know spoiler alert Makuna very definitely won that fight but Makabu um, had his hand raised and stays in those kind of low sweepstakes so at the end of the, you know I'm going to talk about the fight and then at the end I'm going to talk a little bit about what this performance means for um, Makabu's Not chances of getting the Canela fight There's not much to say there He either will or he won't But if he does get it What does this performance say About about his chances of surprising of winning that fight Which is going to come right out, right out of the head And say, you know, not not very good things But, um, you know, let's start at the start Because, um well, yeah, they're two uh, two cruiserweights, you know. As you know, they fought before. Um, if you haven't seen the original fight, that's a uh, probably more you know. If you haven't seen the original, it's probably more worth looking at the original than this one. There was uh, definitely a bit more excitement to that one. It started with um Makunu sort of taking, getting out into the lead, then uh, then Makabu adjusted and sort of took over. In the you know the, the first five rounds went one way, then second fight, then the rest went the other way, and then uh, Makabu ended in a knockout. Um and it kind of seemed like initially it seemed like we were gonna sort of get a version of that where um, Makunu early on um, he was winning not dominating but um, in the first three four rounds Makabi was finding it very difficult to get anything off um, I think after four rounds I had four, one, four, one, a 4-1 Um yeah Makabi was just finding it very difficult to close range like at all really um, it was just a step behind the whole time, and he was finding Makuno's head movement very difficult. And then he did. This is the thing, um, because you know, we talk talking to the end. People were talking about the robbery, and um, yeah, people were saying that he didn't look great. I mean, he didn't, but um, yeah, he made the adjustments he, initially. He made similar adjustments to what he did in the, in the first part. To be honest, um, where he just found the extra step. Like, what was happening in the first four rounds or so was. Um, yeah, he was making his step, and then Makunu was ready for it. And instead of taking extra step, he was reaching or just swinging and falling short. And Makunu's head movement is too good for that. His feet are too good for that, and it wasn't happening. And then after that, McCarvey started to get in closer, started to take the extra step. You know, he's he's not a bad boxer, like, but um, yeah, he just um, he brought it around. I think after the six rounds, I had it three three, and then um, after that, Makunu more or less took over. Um you know there isn't a huge i mean yeah i'll I'll get into the technical integrity in a second um yeah after that it was just um i think adjusted by well he initially he had sort of you know he was sort of relying on not on his head movement and um he was sort of letting Makuna make the move and uh, letting Makabu make the move and then stepping away and then after that he sort of Defaulted to. He was moving more constantly. Is what I'm trying to say here. Um, yeah, he was um, constantly on the outside, constantly circling, and after that, Makabu, he didn't really have the corollum shots. He didn't have the um, the the footwork, the the cut, the ring cutting footwork to to stop that. Like um, like I say, he initially figured out sort of the straight lines. You know, take an extra step, take an extra step, then throw. He got that he got himself back into the fight but then once the circular movement really started in earnest he didn't have the tool set to cut Makuno off and that happened partly because and you know I think I think you know you know, you know where I'm going to go go with this um, regarding Canelo fight he struggled really badly with Makuno's um, head movement and um you know anything he threw upstairs was um, being slipped and that was part of the adjustment he made um, early doors Is he started throwing a lot to the body um you know, slowing down that head movement, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think I can already, already say straight away that um, if you're struggling with Makunu's head movement, and then don't get me wrong, Makunu's a good fighter, um, he'd be a much more credible opponent at this stage, I think, based on that performance for Canada, but he didn't win the fight, well, he did win the fight, yeah. he didn't get the decision, so he's not going to get it, um, yeah, um, so Makabu essentially yeah really struggled with Makuna he okay let me let me sort of refocus here and um try to try to get into the technical aspects since that's what we are head for so let's talk about what my what, first let's talk about what Makaba is like as a fighter he's you know he's a stereotypical be big, big sort of steady um closer distance behind a jab patient sort of fighter and he's could it like he's not a bad fighter by any means. Um I know Taylor Taylor um doesn't particularly rate him. I you know, I, I see what he's saying. Um I think he's a little better than maybe Taylor's giving credit for. Certainly some some guys on Twitter just give want to give him no credit whatsoever. You know, the guys who had an eye on this they hadn't watched him before and uh, were watching this with an eye to Canelo. Um you know, there's a crowd saying, Oh look, he looks rubbish, he's um He's um, he's not worth the effort, etc. You know, and yeah, look, I, I don't think on that performance is going to of Canelo, but um, yeah, he's a he's a southpaw. They're both southpaws, which is probably something I should have opened with, and um, and that may have made, you know, may have made his job a bit more difficult or easier. I don't know, but um, yeah, clearly it wasn't a. It wasn't something he loved, um, but yeah, he, he basically closed the distance behind a jab, and the thing that he struggled with initially was um. He had a he had a bad habit of throwing the jab closing the distance and putting back immediately i don't know if he was scared of what Makuni is throwing back or if it was just a tick he'd got himself into but yeah he was he was closing distance behind the jab and then just stepping back straight away which is kind of pointless and then he was you know then he had to step in, step in again you know he realized he wasn't close enough and he either stepped in with this big lunging jab or he just thrown with um trying you know throwing like, like i say, everything he threw at the head was, was not really landing. And the, the thing with Makuno is, um, Makuno is a much more rounded boxer. They're both very good jabbers, um, but Makuno is primarily, he likes to fight on the back foot, but he will get aggressive, get in the pocket, he'll sit in the pocket and fight there. Um, and yeah, early on, um, he was having a lot of success. Makuno was having a lot of success in the pocket, like just sort of on the edge of the pocket. He wasn't deep in really at any point here and that's probably sensible because um, he's not a big cruiserweight and Makabu is quite a big cruiserweight so um, so he didn't want to get to a shopping match so he was sitting sort of right on the edge of the pocket letting Makabu throw and slipping the punches punishing him as he did it and uh, and that was another thing is um, even though like I mentioned earlier the straight lines even though um, Makuna he wasn't constantly circling earlier on in the fight what he was doing was letting Maccabi throw and then sort of stepping around to the side one way or the other, and McCabe was getting himself into a very bad habit of um, when he would step in, he'd step in after the punch and get himself very square footed, just completely flat footed. And there was you'll see this multiple if you watch the fight. You'll see this happen multiple times where um, McCune will just basically tap him. He'll hit him, catch him fairly solidly in the head, but um, it's not they weren't really hard knock-up blows or anything but um he'd send Maccabi staggering because macabre was he was bringing his feet in, in the effort to close the distance he was bringing his back foot in first and well he was either doing the lunge with the front foot first or bringing the back foot in first too far and squaring him off and and get himself into real trouble doing that and um yeah and look all of that is a bad look and what um just the thing that uh he improved on this is a you know even in a bad performance, this is a positive thing to take forward. You know, he's not gonna change his game style overnight. He's um he's not a young guy at all. But um yeah, he he adjusted that like mid fight. It takes even for a fighter, even for a limited fighter, and you know, he clearly has his limitations, quite a few of them, um it takes something to realise in the middle of the fight, not just that you're making tactical errors, but that he was making big obvious technical errors and in the course of the fight he adjusted for them and I mean the problem for him then ended up being that Makunu had a bigger bag of adjustments he could move to and he didn't have he didn't have the follow-ups and that was a difference because the first set of adjustments he made was closing up the holes and what he was doing and then after that what he would have needed to do was make genuine tactical adjustments genuine, genuine changes in tempo and you know, and in tempo and game plan to throw off Makunu's rhythm, and he didn't have that in him. And he, I don't think, you know, from watching him down the years, I haven't watched him religiously, I've watched him here and there. Um, I think Makunu, I think Makabu doesn't have that second gear. Like, his first gear is pretty good once he gets it going, um, once it gets rolling, but he doesn't have that second gear. And obviously, when I come to talk about Canelo, that, that that's not ideal um, and yeah and Makabu like I say he's this in and out um, he's an all range top sort of fighter um, you know you're not going to watch him and be wowed by his um, unbelievable depth of path of skill but you know if you get here, here, at Cruiserweight he is pro- probably the second most skilled fighter at the division you know Bredis is definitely better than him although he's embarrassed himself chasing Jake Four. so we might have to disown him Um yeah, he's got a good bag of skills, and like what I started off saying is, yeah, he can fight both directions. Um, and yeah, initially he was, um, while he was sort of stepping back, stepping back, he was um, forcing moves from Makabu, and then slipping them, and then punishing them. So he was sort of fighting on the back foot, but but stepping into a range, stepping out, stepping in and stepping out. And then when Makabu adjusted to that, his uh, Makunu's counter adjustment was to go fully more fully back foot and be constantly on the move and more reliant on his jab. like um, he was still doing the punishment stuff the make you miss make you pay but but he did box more 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 out and out he was making macabre chase him more consistently and that's what you know he won i think pretty much every round in the second half of the fight then um, you know the scores for macabre were just absurd like it was it's not it wasn't a good it wasn't a good result um so you know let's talk about I mean okay I've uh I've I've already made it pretty clear what I think about Canelo fight um you know if you're struggling to land on the head if you're struggling with the head movement of Makuna and don't get me wrong Makuna's head movement's good but canelo has got the best head movement in the game and if you're struggling with the one you're going to struggle with with the other um positives for him you know I like if this if the fight did happen you know in May or whatever um, I would after this very definitely be picking Canelo I wouldn't completely write off Maccabi's chances because um, the one thing I would say is that um, I don't think Canelo is ever going to adopt the strategy that uh, Makunu did of just being constantly back foot and circling and you know nice and smooth and I don't think that's just ever really going to be Canelo's game. Even, like, even... We talk about his footwork. His footwork has become really very good indeed. But as some of my uh, Twitter interlocutors know, you know, I always talk about Canelo's footwork being the weakest part of his game. And I don't think... If he was forced onto the back foot, you know... I don't think he'd love it. And, um... And Macabu is a much bigger man. Even against Makuna, who is bigger than Canelo. Even in a fight he was winning pretty comfortably, um you saw Makuna avoiding the physical rough and tumble and if uh, if Makabu could step to Canelo and start shoving him about um, you know it could cause him an issue I think I don't think Canelo would adopt those tactics I think he'd he'd change he definitely wouldn't fight like he did against Plant and the article you know the article that I mentioned about um, you know using the rough stuff I don't think he'd try that against Makabu but I don't think he needs to uh, ultimately um I think he'd have to... He would have to move more than he's accustomed to, but Makabu, and, you know, as I say, he doesn't like being forced on the back foot, but, um, you know, he used to do that fairly regularly before the first Golovkin fight, and, you know, I think, uh, before the second Golovkin fight, and I think the whole reason he adopted the front foot stance, the front foot... uh, He's adopted the front foot since then is because he realised he was being closed off a little bit, um, a little bit easier than he wanted in the first Golovkin fight. But... Makabu isn't Golovkin You know, he he adopts some of the same tra- strategy but um he just isn't as good as cutting the rim off. Um so I think um yeah, you know, that's it's not a, it's not a particularly difficult fight to break down how you think it's gonna go, is it? It's um if it happens. It's it's intriguing, you know, it's not it's not devoid of interest. But like people are now gonna say, you know, it's it's um he shouldn't have beaten Makunu. It's um it's a fight completely devoid of interest, it's a complete pick'em there is still a massive size difference and even you know he's fought Canelo has fought taller guys than Macabu, like Callum Smith is a much bigger guy than a much taller guy than is he much taller I better go and check that before I say anything silly yeah so yeah he's six foot so um he might be a little bit taller than that but officially he's six foot but um and Callum Smith is six foot three or whatever it is but you, you know you see you can see in the photos even if they've never stood next to each other you can see in the photos macabu is um massive like you saw the photos of him standing next to canelo and it's like his uh one of his arms is wider than canelo's whole freaking body it's uh there is a big mass difference between them and uh it isn't going to be made up by one training camp of whatever canelo decides to do and yeah so so that would come into it and the fact that uh you know Macabu is wise enough to make to realize his mistakes while he's fighting um yeah, but he's not he's he's big but he's not super explosive. He's physical but he's not a super rough and dirty fighter. I don't think I wouldn't call it a cherry pick, even at this stage I wouldn't call it, you know, people can say he's fighting the weakest um champion at a Cruiserweight. That's not true. Um yeah, one of the other champions at Cruiserweight is Arsum Gunamarian. Uh, apologies if I pronounce that wrong, but um he's a French Armenian fella and maybe he's just not that good. Um so yeah, um Look, but he's a decent champion. The, the main reason Canelo wants picking him and not one of the others is because the um, cruiserweight limit at the, for the WBC is, I think, it's ten pounds lower because of the bridgeweight nonsense that they've um, they're trying to establish. So, so that's a reason. You know that that that, and you could call that a cherry pick, like he's claiming on a world title in a division that uh, that is seen as uh, the same division as much bigger guys. The, the, yeah that's fair to say skill wise yes he isn't in Canelo's league is he good enough to make is is he good enough to make up for the gap in skill with his size he might be he's probably the wrong type of fighter to do that against Canelo but yeah like I say, Canelo isn't the fleetest bit of guys Completely of guys, so it isn't a fight completely devoid of interest. But uh, yeah, there wasn't too much to say about that. More about that, like it's a shame that Makunu didn't win because um, Makunu versus Kanoda would be a much more interesting fight. And just by virtue, like I don't think there is an enormous skill gap between Makunu and Makabu overall. But the, the skills that Makunu displayed to win this fight, um, you know, just, it wasn't just that they were enough to win this fight. It was that they, yeah, they. He, he would pose more of a more of a puzzle for canelo despite being smaller but like he wouldn't have the big size advantage but because he moves pretty smoothly and because he has some of the some decent head movement of his own i would say, i would put it this way um Makunu would have been if he had managed to get himself to the canelo sweepstakes he would probably be the guy with the best head movement um the most consistent head movement um since Golovkin and obviously Golovkin isn't super known for his head movement so before that I mean I don't know if can I, when was the last time I mean Floyd since then has he ever really fought anyone who's for whom head movement is the key like he's fought you know um, obviously Golovkin's head movement is fine but he uses for aggression Plant's um, uh, head movement is um, looks but is limited and I think Makunu is more his feet and his head are more um, well, they, he works together like as a whole package. Like um, you, you saw um, I talked about it a little bit. Um, he does get a plant, gets himself out of line in a way that Kunu doesn't when he's moving. Um, yeah, Lara is more a movement guy than a head movement guy. He's more feet and launching himself way out to distance. Um, yeah, Danny Jacobs the same. So yeah, it would have been interesting to see Canelo fight someone who is he's not as good at head movement, but he's as interested in using his head to sort of fox in the pocket pockets. So it's a shame. That's complete There's not, not not really much point me talking about this cuz it's not going to happen, but it's a shame that it's not. So, that's really all there is to say about that. There's um you know, it's a it's a neat and tidy fight, but like I say, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's probably worth a look to see, you know, to see what's what's on the on the table, but um you're probably not going to sit through the whole fight like um I mean, I did, but I was at home with corona, so what have you? Yeah, forgive me if I'm rambling. Probably, probably after effects of sitting at home with corona. Anyway, the point. Um, the point is, if you're going to, want to watch one fight between Makabu and um, and Makunu, watch the first one. If you've seen the first one, watch this one maybe. If not, or otherwise, just see a bit of it. It's on YouTube. Skip through it. See what's on. The, see what's what's going on, and you know. It's not a bad fight, but it wasn't, it's not going to go down, down in the um, history books. So, you know, that's really all there is to say about that. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to move on to talking a little bit about a fight that I believe has been... Well, it hasn't been officially confirmed or anything, but the purpose we've done is, um, it's a, let's be honest, a bit of a disappointment. Because Tyson Fury vs Dylan White is happening, I think. You know, I was just reading on Twitter now some nonsense about Dylan White maybe being unhappy with a split, and I don't know. I, if if Dylan White turns us down, then um, then he's obviously been talking bollocks, um, you know, this whole time about uh, waiting for the shot. We knew that already because he's um, he's had opportunities to take a shot before, and he sort of never really came through. But um, anyway, yeah. So the, the fight is on. Is at this stage we should assume it's happening. Um, Frank Warren bid a bit of frankly ludicrous what was it 41 million or something um, I think it was dollars not pounds but still it's an outrageous sum of money um, Eddie Hearn and Max bid I think it was 32 or something so um, so they bid a lot and still got comprehensively outbid and then, yeah, there's presumably other other interests behind Frank because he doesn't normally have that kind of money to play with but yeah so that fight's happening and it's just not of interest really like personality wise it's going to be fun you know there's you know everyone knows Tyson Fury's personality if you happen to be unfamiliar with Dylan White which if you're on you know moving on the circles of boxing Twitter you're probably not because um yeah he's a vocal reasonably big name British heavyweight. um yeah he's a mouthy mouthy guy it's definitely not gonna be clean like I suspect they might like each other more than they pretend I don't know maybe they will generally hate each other um but it is it's not gonna be a clean build up. And that that'll be entertaining. You know, I like a good bit of um, yammering each other before the fights. And they're both good at it. Like, um, you know, neither is the wit of the world, but they're both good at building hype and that's really what got what's got in White to where he is. As a fight it's not it's not of interest because even though like, i do think white is a better fighter than a lot of people give him credit for a lot of people just see this big lumbering off and he is big and lumbering, but he is a smarter fighter he is a smarter fighter than people give him credit for he knows what he's supposed to be doing but for whatever reason he is a, he, the athleticism on display is just zero you know i've maintained for a long time that i think he's carrying some kind of like back injury or something like just the way he moves and he used to be a kickboxer um and just the way he moves now just doesn't like you he couldn't have been a kickboxer moving the way he does now and i don't know if it's just extra weight that he's put on or if he's generally carrying an injury but it just seems so often you know he moves his movements are stiff and like he's fighting his body the whole time and so often he sort of staggers well he's not even off balance like you know you'll see find like deontay wilder staggers all the time because his feet are rubbish and in the completely wrong place and you know he's swinging and missing and but that's not what dillian white's problem is like his feet will be sort of technically correct like don't get me wrong he's not he's not some wonder of the world with his footwork but he'll be completely fine and just sort of move and nearly not nearly fall over but you know there's something whether or not he's carrying injury that speculation for me complete speculation for me But there's something his movement isn't quite right his athleticism at this stage isn't there and um you know even though like i say on a technical level he's um perfectly capable of um you know more than a few he has a few he can fight on the back foot he can fight on the front foot but he can't fight on the back foot because every time he tries to step back he does this jacky thing and and yeah, I think that's one of two things that's going to happen. Either Fury's going to spot that weakness and build on what he did against Wilder and force um, force White backwards and he's just going to really, really struggle or he's going to make White chase him and White's not, you know, he's not uncomfortable on the front foot, but he's just nowhere near fast enough. He's smaller than uh, Fury. He's not as strong as Fury when it comes to chopping about, although... You know he's not he's not a small guy he, he but uh, i just i think if Fury goes in the back foot, he's just not going to really come to that it's gonna be jab move jab move jab move jab move that's you know that's one outcome, one possible outcome of the fight and the other possible outcome of the fight is like i say step in step in step in, step in force force him um, right on the back foot because he's in a completely different way to wilder but he's just as a uh, it takes away his power what power he's got to be pushed backwards and yeah it's just not a it's not an interesting fight and you know hopefully at least then Usyk would hopefully fight Joshua in a rematch that is yeah you know, we've seen it before but it's a little bit more interesting Joshua's making sort of the right noises in what he needs to do um, and you know in getting new coaching help and um, this is a bit of a strange one because half the time he's making the right noises and then other half the time he's making you know I wasn't there, I wasn't fully No no no. I will give him credit for this. Joshua in this instance has absolutely no made no excuses of the kind of the sort of um you know, I wasn't fully there, I wasn't well. He did that against Ruiz, uh he didn't do that here. He's fully said, you know I gave my best and my best wasn't enough, I need to change up what I'm doing. I just I'm just not sure he's um look, I think he can I think he's you know, there are things he can do to make things much much harder for UTIC. those things aren't throw everything as hard as you can i'm not going to get into detail here because that's for if the parts get scheduled and you know fight week and i'll probably write articles about it in subject but you know anyway that's that i'm gonna look i'm not gonna to get too deep into what's happening this weekend because that's for a preview article which i should be bringing back assuming my brain lets me write um but there is a fun fight happening in england i think it's happening in england it might be happening in dubai but it's a british fight it's um chris eubank versus um liam williams and that's just a decent british level fight like we'll see what you has been doing with royal jones jr hopefully well i hope he hasn't been he doesn't continue this uh royal jones jr impression from last time because i mean he's it, not that good and it, he's just i think it's just the wrong sort of fight for him eubanks biggest strength has always been for me his stamina and his just relentlessness and so when he turns into this pot-shotting dancer it just takes away his biggest strength and Liam williams is when williams meat and potatoes is a good fighter it's, it'll be fun it'll be fun and it's possible that one or the other will fall apart and just not you know not be up to scratch but um i think it'll be a good back and forth And Clarissa shields is also fighting on the on the i suppose his co-main there and um yeah, I, I don't know anything about her opponent, so if I'm gonna write an article about this, I'm I'd better go look her up. But um yeah, that's a fun fight that fun card that's happening this weekend. As well as two in America. One that is sadly um Carlos Quadras is fighting Jesse Rodriguez, um, Bam Bam. And that is an interesting one because Rodriguez I believe is jumping two divisions. Um but um yeah, the disappointing thing is that Coadras was supposed to be fighting for a sketch of and um yeah, that hasn't happened. I'm not even sure why. Possibly COVID, I don't know, but he, he's not available is the official word. So um so that fight's fallen apart and he's been replaced with bam bam, Jesse Rodriguez, and Rodriguez is a good fighter, I'm just not sure he's ready. Like I think Rodriguez might be a better fighter than Coadras, who I'm on the record of being not being that fond of. But um it's probably too big a step up for him at this stage of his career we'll see and there's another another women's fight on there which again that's something i want to I, I do want to talk about women's fighting more like it's becoming a thing and it, i don't think it does us as boxing sort of journalists i don't know judge, commentariat pundits um i think we're doing ourselves a disservice and the sport a disservice if we just pretend you know, the, the, the technical quality isn't as high as the men's at this point, but but they're improving, and we we, we need to really talk about it. And it, you know, it's not it's not in neither uh, it's neither um, it's neither irrelevant nor nor um, sort of un, invalid to talk about fights that need you know to talk about divisions and parts of the sport that need building up. So I'm going to try to make, but this will be in the article if I. Managed to put it together and then there's another fight um, Keith Thurman versus Mary Barrios I think that's going ahead you know I'm looking at possibly outdated schedules things change so quickly but um yeah and the point is boxing is starting to build up Um build up speed again you know January was pretty dry because of Christmas and then COVID Um we're starting to get back into the new year so there's three cars worth paying attention to hopefully I'll be back next week to talk about them here um, started shorter podcasts this week, even with talking about two other subjects. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for now, really. Um, there's not an awful lot more to talk about. Um, yeah, see you next time.